Every day, a small group of people are making quantum leaps forward, building wealth faster than most dream possible, almost like they have the Midas touch. On Breakaway Wealth, we'll unlock the secrets to breaking out of the herd, thinking big and building wealth on our own terms. And now let's join our host, the creator of Create Tailwind, and your abundance advocate, Jim Oliver. Welcome back. This is Jim Oliver, and i um, really excited for my guest today because he's doing some great things in real estate, some things that a lot of you in the audience, I'm sure, are going to want to emulate, find out more about. But my guest today is Luke Neubauer. Luke, welcome, buddy. Hey, Jim. I appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks for having me on the show, man. So, Luke, where are you joining us from today? I'm in Louisville, Kentucky. Awesome. Awesome. I was just there last week, and every time I'm there, I have more and more appreciation for the city and the, and the people. And, you know, I'm a guy that loves good food, and I, I think you guys have some great restaurants there. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you there. And Seems I'm like we get more and more every day. Yeah, there are a lot of restaurants there. And, you know, and I'm trying to appreciate bourbon, okay? <laughs> it's just, it's a slow roll for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I enjoy the, uh, the tours that you can go on, but, you know, I can take it in, in little doses, but I can't, I can't drink a ton of bourbon myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When they ordered the second one, I was like, okay, as long as there's not a third, I think I'll be okay. <laughs> but, yeah, it was... Uh, it was, uh, it was interesting. So, all right. Well, look, tell us, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. You know, obviously you're from Louisville. Were you born there? What do you do there? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I was born in Louisville. My parents were actually from Long Island, New York, and we came down here for my dad's job about a month or two before I was born. So I was born here, raised here and, uh, went to high school. I left for college. I went to a small school in the center of Kentucky called Center College. And came back to Louisville afterwards, got married. I started a teaching career in public school teaching. I taught middle school science to sixth graders and eighth graders. After my first year, I kind of realized that um, I wasn't ever really going to make any more money than what I was currently making. The, the pay increases were about 2% two, two per year and basically just keep up with inf inflation. So in my head, I was thinking I'm really never going to make any more money than what I'm currently making. And that got me thinking a lot. I started becoming interested in, in real estate, the passive income. And I thought that I could build a side business buying rental houses and renting them out. And um, my wife was a real estate agent. And so she kind of pushed, I guess, for the first couple houses. We, we, were, we were a good team. And um, she pushed for the first couple houses for us to buy. I was scared. I was nervous. I still have that fear sometimes, even you know today. But it's, it's just a very small voice that I hear now, whereas before in the beginning, it, it was a louder voice, much louder voice. <laughs> but yeah, so, so we have, after about seven years of teaching, I was finally able to quit my teaching job and go full-time into real estate. I had already replaced my income with rental houses and, and some on top of that. And then I flipped some houses to kind of supplement my income. And then I also am continuing to build my rental portfolio. I've got um, Airbnb properties as well that, that we rent short-term rental. I'm pushing pretty hard on those right now because that's a, a really good return on your investment. So, you know, I'm sure there's people in the audience that are sitting there with a, in a job, they want to break away. I mean, I talk to people every day that want to break away from a job, you know, and yeah. so 
typically people that are in high school, then college that want to be teachers, they want security, they want the pension, they want all of these things. And so you're, you know, you kind of realize your dream, you're a teacher, you're, you're teaching, would you say fifth grade or seventh grade? Sixth and eighth grade is, is what grade. I actually taught, but I was around fifth graders and seventh graders all the time. <laughs> yeah. So you're teaching kind of what you like and you probably have a passion for, you know, teaching. And, and I, and I know you do that. It makes sense on something else that you're doing right now that we'll get to in a minute. And, and you're just like, wow, did you feel like you were like Robert Kiyosaki says stuck in the rat race? <laughs> yeah, I did. I, um, I remember, especially my first year teaching, it was, it was hard. I mean, it's hard, especially if you don't have a, bu- a bunch of experience. I didn't have classroom experience going into it. And I spent a lot of time getting to work early, staying late, trying to be good at it. And I wasn't in the first year and I, I'm a, I'm a workhorse. So I'll, I'll put in whatever work I have to put in to, to get good at something. And it took me a long time to get pretty decent at teaching. And I realized I was stuck in the rat race because no matter how hard I worked, I wasn't making any more money. I wasn't getting any more time to myself. The harder I worked, the less time I had to myself. And that problem was not going to get like me having more time for family or for anything. It wasn't going to get any better as time went on. And yeah, so I mean, a big part of it was me realizing how important it is to maximize your time and your use of time as you go throughout your life, you know, as you get older, I, I talk to people about this and it's kind of a nerdy thing, but when you get older, it seems like time continues to pass faster and faster. And I think time's all relative to how, how long you've been alive. So if you're, you know, if you're 20 years old, time seems to go a little bit more slow than if you're 40. And in my head, I was thinking <laughs> the years are just going to fly by. And then what am I going to have built for myself and for my family and, and for my kids? And uh, I just, I felt like I needed to build something that, that I could pass down or that really would benefit my family in the long run. That's awesome. How many kids do you have, Luke? I've got two kids. I've got a five-year-old girl and a, and a two-year-old son. Awesome. Awesome. And what's your wife's name? Christina. Christina. And she's still a realtor or is she just she, an investor now? She is a realtor. So yeah. So, you know, talking about, you know, how to get out of the rat race and everything, a big part of that is setting goals for yourself, right? And that, after we bought our first three houses, I think was when I sat down and I wrote out, you know, how many houses I would have to buy every year, what they would have to cash flow me and how long it would take me to be able to quit my job based off of buying two to three houses every year and cash flowing each house, you know, 350, 400, sometimes, you know, five, 600, 700 bucks a month. And, you know, we wrote that out, what kind of goals we had. And recently my wife and I sat back down and, you know, we, we decided we kind of would like to have her be able to be a full-time investor with me. And we don't want to just, you know, go into that right now. I think it's a little bit too early for us to, to quite do that yet, but we set a goal for it and we're hoping it happens sometime pretty, pretty soon here in the future. Awesome. So making that switch, right. Going from in the rat race to breaking away, getting out of the rat race and, you know, having a plan, that's awesome. You know, we, we talk a lot about the classic books like Think and Grow Rich and there's a plan in Think and Grow Rich. And there's right. step six for people that don't know. Once you have this plan all mapped out is you say it out loud twice a day, at least twice a day. And yeah. you know how many people write out goals, but they never get to that step. You know, they never say it out loud. And I always think that if you say it out loud to someone else, it 
makes sense. I have a check in my wallet that is dated for 2021 on my birthday. Now I won't tell people how much it is. It's a big check. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> Nice. And, and I show it to people all the time and I say, I'm going to cash that check before or, you know, on my birthday, 2021. And so, you know, these things in our minds to make that flip, to break away. And a lot of people are afraid. So tell people just how did you start? Like, did you know anything about real estate? Obviously your wife was a realtor, but being a realtor and being a real estate investor, sometimes, you know, there, there's not a correlation. Some, I mean, sometimes there's some overlap, but how did you guys, what'd you do first? How'd you get started? Well, the, yes. I mean, step one is, you know, try to get some type of education, whether it's listening to podcasts or listening to something. Back then was a little bit before podcasts. I want to say it was 2009 is probably when I started becoming interested. We bought our first property in 11, in 2011. But I remember at Carlton Sheets was an older real estate investor guy. and He had the CDs that he had. and I was listening to those driving to and from my job every day. And just thinking like, how can I, how can I do this? I really want to do it, but how? And it took me a long time to be able to figure out like, okay, I might be able to actually do this. And I want to say it was probably about a year and a half before I finally started really considering like, okay, I think I can do this. I think we can do this. And um, we actually started looking at properties, right? I mean, the, the step one, I think is to start looking. <laughs> You're yeah. not going to find something if you ain't looking for it. Right. Uh, but another thing that helped us, I mean, timing was huge. The market at that time had just crashed and was, was kind of coming back up. And so we were able to get some really good deals on houses. And honestly, a, a big part of it is doing your homework, finding something that you think makes sense, doing your you know, due diligence and looking at everything and making sure that it sounds like it's going to work and then taking action on it. So, I mean, the first thing is taking action and looking for properties. The second thing is... <laughs> buying something right in my head it's like even if you even if you break even on your first deal at least you did a deal luckily we you know we made some money but at the same time we've had a lot of bumps and bruises along the way and we've had tenants that have been nightmares and just because we didn't know what we were doing you know getting started so i'd say if you're trying to get into it know that the fear is normal that's something that every person that's trying to rewire their brain so to speak to become you know an investor or a, a business person, an entrepreneur, somebody that's employed by themselves or, or that owns a business that, you know, a process that they can build over the years. Everybody has fear at some point in their lives. Now, some people have it more than others, but it's not like it's, it's not a normal thing. And, and the other thing too is it takes time. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of concentrated effort. It takes a lot of thought, conscious thought and subconscious thought to, to be able to get the courage to break away, so to speak, and to even get in that mindset. For years, I knew that I was going to quit my job about, I mean, honestly, when, after that third house was when I knew, okay, I'm going to be able to quit my job. I'm, I'm, I'm positive of it, but I was afraid to tell people. And the reason I was afraid to tell people was because of failure, fear of failure. Like what happens if I can't do it? And I told all these people that this is what I was going to do. So I actually kept it pretty quiet from, you know, coworkers or even my friends for a while. Now my wife knew, you know, what I wanted to do and some of my family members did, but I don't know if all of them thought that we could actually do it. You know, um, you bring up some great points there, Luke. One, 
is everybody has that fear. And it's almost like an, a performer. And they talk about, you, we, you would think like the funniest comedians or, or the greatest singers, they, they still talk about being nervous before they go on stage. And the difference between those people and people that never get on stage are they just do it. And so it's yep. action. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're not, they're not, you know, I'm trying to think of uh, a singer, you know, I, I, for some reason, Taylor Swift pops into my head. She doesn't look like she's afraid of much because she's, she's been doing it forever, but you know, they're not going to say, Hey, Taylor Swift can't come out tonight. Cause she's just too nervous to sing. You know I mean? Which seems funny because you think, well, gosh, she's a great singer, but there was a point somebody had to just walk out there on stage and start singing. And so it comes down to a book. There's an old book that, that I just always reference is the magic of thinking big by Dr. David Schwartz. I believe it's early here, Luke. So I got to, uh, I think that's the right author, but um, okay. he says, there's only one thing that cures fear and that's action. Action cures fear. Yep. That's exactly what you just said. But yep. when you start taking these actions and you start educating yourself, then you gain more confidence. And, you know, confidence is a skill set. So there aren't people that just are born confident and other people are born not confident. You have to build it. So the way that you become confident, just like you said, is you start to educate yourself. And if you right. believe, at some point in time, you'll believe that, hey, I know more about that than most people. Then I know more about that than almost anybody. And if you keep on learning, so it's always be increasing your confidence. You always have to be getting more confident. Absolutely. So that's cool yeah. that you're doing that. And, the, you know, the other thing is, is that nobody's going to do it for you, right? You yeah. said, you know, you, you laid down the groundwork, made your goals, worked the plan, educated yourself, executed the plan, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, people can always be getting ready to get ready. But at some point in time, you got to put the shoes on and start going outside and running if you're going to run a marathon, right? You can't plan it out all day long. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, just, yeah. And, and I think it helps too, like you said earlier, you know, having those goals, saying it to yourself. I mean, I know I wrote them down and I, I hear people talk a lot about how important it is to read your goals, write them down, read them over and over again, you know, say them to yourself, all that type of stuff. And it's absolutely true. I mean, there's, there's so much power in that. And I still have that first note card. I had this little post-it note. I was working at school one day when I first wrote down my, when I first decided to write down the goal and like plan everything out, it's this tiny little post-it note. And uh, I, I brought that home and put it on my bedside table. And I actually found it earlier this year and it was years and years old. And I, I looked at it for a long time, you know, when I, after I wrote it down, but some point in the time, you know, I lost track of it. And when I found it again, I was like, holy shit, I did all this, you know, <laughs> this right, is stuff that right. I did. and it's when you set goals like that for yourself and you say them to yourself over and over again, and you set a timeline and it's a realistic timeline and it's a realistic goal, and then you can accomplish it. It's so powerful. And it, and it really, it really makes you feel like you could do, you know, almost, almost anything. It makes you feel like you could do whatever you want to do, which I have, struggle my whole life with having kind of a self-limiting mindset on what I think I'm capable of. It's been hard to rewire my mind to, to become more confident and to feel like I can do literally whatever I want to do. And I'm to the point now where I've set goals for myself and I've met or exceeded those goals and I've built something that's 
awesome. I mean, it's, it's beautiful thing. (laughs) And, uh, it it just, it just makes me feel like so much more confident that I could do whatever I want to do. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, remember Napoleon Hill, he says, whatever the mind of man, you got to remember he's, this is a long time ago. So whatever, so this isn't very PC, but whatever the mind of man can conceive and believe it can achieve. Now, you got to conceive it, but the biggest thing is you got to believe it. And, you know, I think that's really, that's really just what you're saying is just write it down and it'll change. You know, when I write down my goals, I might write, and I, I laugh at the goals that I had when I was in my twenties and, (laughs) you know, I grew up in the Los Angeles and the inner city of Los Angeles and my goals were pretty low. I mean, yeah. you know, <laughs> and when I look now, what I thought was my annual goal is probably my monthly expenses now. You know, I mean, it's, yeah. it's like, yeah. and I thought I was dreaming big, okay? <laughs> well, they so, say that people overestimate what they can get done in a year and under, underestimate what they can get done in, in five or 10 years. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's, so. a, that's a Tony Robbins quote, I believe, in, or at least he uses that quote. And, yeah. and I agree with that 100% because what we do is if we try to say, hey, I'm going to go buy five houses in 90 days. Well, you know, that's probably an unrealistic goal and you're probably going to make some mistakes because some of us are just wired to make it happen no matter what, but you're probably going to make some mistakes doing that. But if you said, right. hey, 10 years from now, here's what my vision is. And we call this the R factor question. It's from Dan Sullivan. And it's if we were sitting here fill in the blank how many years or how much time looking back to today throughout all of those days. You know, so we're 10 years in advance or we're five years in advance or, or from now, what has to happen for you to feel like you've made incredible progress or you're happy with your progress? And, you know, when I ask people that question, sometimes it stumps people. They don't know what to say. And yeah. Other times people will talk for 30 minutes or 10 minutes or they'll just go off, right? And tell me all these things that would have to happen, right? Yeah. And, and there's a whole process that, that, that Dan Sullivan uses to kind of then clarify that and get that into a plan, which is really cool. But, you know, you have to be able to create that vision. And as soon as you create vision, it creates what? Opposition. So if I say, hey, I want... I'm just dreaming big. I want a million dollars of passive income coming in from rental properties. Right. You know, now all of a sudden I've created opposition because I, if I don't have that and I don't know how to do it, I got lots of obstacles. But now yeah. the obstacles are the gift because I only have to do one thing. I just have to remove those obstacles. Yeah. Right. And then yeah. that causes transformation. Now what action can I take to remove those obstacles. And if I'm committed to that, I can have anything in the world that I want. Right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, when I, when we, when we started, I I really just, I thought I knew, you know, what I was going to have to do, you know, to be able to quit my job. And it, uh, it changed along the way. I mean, there's definitely a lot of things that were the same, but there were definitely some things that were, I had to pivot and change a little bit as well. So, I mean, it's, you're absolutely right about that. Somebody asked me uh, last week in Louisville, they were just asking me, you know, kind of a little story. And I was telling them kind of some history of getting started in a few things. And they said, well, did you have any failures along the way? I said, <laughs> I laughed. I said, 
along the way, they're still happening every day. I mean, they're yeah. like failures. I had so many failures, I can't count them. <laughs> like, but, but you know what? I don't focus on them either. They didn't, they didn't paralyze me, you know? So I always laugh because I don't know who said this uh, right off the top of my head, but you're either, you're either winning or you're learning, right? You're not yeah. losing. You're not failing. You're learning. So tell me, like, now today, I know you do, um, and I can't remember what it's called, but you have a group of people that you're actually helping there locally. I don't know if it's once a month or whatever it is to break away yeah. and answering questions and educating. You're kind of giving back to people, right? Right, right. So one of the things I, I think it's important to kind of build a community around yourself. We started a group. It's just called the Louisville Real Estate Investors Meetup Group. And it's, a, it's an informal monthly meetup. It's the last Wednesday of every month at a restaurant bar called the Manhattan Project off Frankfurt Avenue in Louisville, Kentucky. And it's all free. But the reason I started it is because we wanted to build like kind of a community around ourselves, essentially, of people that support each other, encourage each other, inspire each other to really push the boundaries of, you know, what you think you're capable of and really to push each other to be the best versions of ourselves that we can be. I guess I, I was motivated to want to start something like that because when I was starting, you know, my father-in-law was in, in real estate as well, uh, investing, and he was helpful, but I wish that there had been more people that I could meet with, that I could network with and talk about real estate with because I would have learned a lot faster. And um, so I guess, you know, we didn't know really if there was going to be like what kind of response we were going to get from this. But I think the fact that it's free, that it's authentic, that we're really just trying to help people in any way that we can, it's, it's really taken off and we're having a lot of good um, feedback about it. And more than anything else, you know, we're, we're hoping that we can encourage and inspire people to buy their first rental house, buy their second, buy their 20th, 30th, you know, whatever it is. And we have had people in the group that, you know, have bought their first house and that they say, you know, it's, it's been definitely helpful, you know, coming to our group. So, yeah, I want to say more than anything else, like, uh, I know people out there, I've got friends that are super skeptical about all this stuff. And, um, you know, they work jobs. And when I post stuff about my meetup and, you know, come on out or whatever, learn about real estate, a lot of people say, you know, what are you selling? They want to know what you're selling. And, and the reality is I'm not selling anything. What I'm selling is, <laughs> is a community of people that can in encourage and inspire you, but I'm not charging anything for it other than your time. So the biggest risk you know, is your time just showing up to the meetup and hanging out with us and seeing if it's something that, you know, you think is going to be beneficial to you or not. So far, it's, it's been a lot of fun. We've had a lot of good people show up and um, it's really grown into something special. I, there's a lot of different meetups out there, different communities around real estate. And what I appreciate the most is a community that doesn't necessarily ask for anything upfront. They, they provide value and they let you come to them later if, if you feel like that value has been provided and you, and you want to learn more. So everything's for free right now. And we're not really looking to sell anything ever. And we're just looking to build a community around ourselves of supportive people that can help inspire us and motivate us to, you know, do awesome stuff. So that's really cool. You're a go giver, man. 
Uh, I'm sure. I love that book, man. That book's awesome. (laughs) I love that book too. I, you know, funny story on that book. Okay, because I tried to order like 25 copies. I like the hardback when I'm, you know, I mean, that I just like the hardback books, right? So I I go on Amazon and it's like nine dollars and some cents, right? So I try to order like 25, and they say the maximum is four. So you know, I'm I'm a uh, I'm a smart guy. I think well, I'll just order four every week. That lasted for about three weeks, and then they caught on. And they, <laughs> <laughs> they shut me down and changed the price of the book to like twenty bucks. And and uh, I'm like, okay, I got to find another source. You know, the the Amazon is smarter than me, I guess. But I love giving that book out, and I I had a really cool uh, thing happen. I gave that book out to one of the representatives at uh, an insurance company. And he's a, he's a new guy and I just had met him. He came up to my office and we had a great discussion and I gave him the book at probably, I don't know, three o'clock in the afternoon or maybe it was one o'clock in the afternoon yeah. at 1145 that night, he texted me and said, mind blown. I can't believe like just <laughs> this book is great. I'm having breakfast with a buddy tomorrow. I'm going to give it to him. I'm going to pay it forward. Then he sends me a picture. He had put on his grease board at his house or his office, the five laws of stratospheric success. Yeah. And then he met with that guy. I mean, so now just funny, me just handing him a book and saying, hey, have you ever read this? No, I haven't. I've never read it. I said, well, I think you'll like it just based on our conversation. I thought you, this is, this book's right up your alley. And it changed, it, it, I mean, it just like all of a sudden it caused this chain reaction, which is what you're doing with real estate. Because what happens is you go to this meetup, you're educating somebody, you're talking to somebody, you're building their confidence, you're telling them it's going to be okay, whatever it is. And then they come to you and say, hey, you know, Luke, I've got this deal. And man, I would just feel better if you did it with me. Or can you help me do it? We'll be partners or whatever. And now you're helping them, but they're also helping you. And now you're creating this abundance mindset instead of the scarcity mindset of, hey, there's, there's 70 people in this meetup and I've, I got to find properties and before they find these properties and, you know, like that's the scarcity mindset. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the, and the worst part about the scarcity mindset is it isolates you. It isolates you from everybody else in this business that's doing exactly what you're doing or, or that wants to do exactly what you're doing. The people that think like you, that, that you could build relationships and and do great things with over the years, it isolates you from those people. And I, I tell everybody at the meetup all the time, you know, although I've been in the business for, you know, I don't know, eight years now, I still have a ton that I can learn and I still consider myself learning every day. And, and anyone who's actually good at something is always constantly learning. And I'm sure there's something I can pick up from these new people, even if it's just the energy and the excitement that they bring to the business that could get me to look at a deal in a different way or see something differently. And and I think sometimes people get caught in the scarcity mindset. They don't want to help people or they're afraid that if they do help people, they're, they're going to be competition and they're going to lose business and all this other stuff. Um, when in reality, it, I think it's isolating them from building a community around themselves that could really help to build their business even bigger than they ever thought possible. So I don't know. That's kind of my, my viewpoint on it. You're, you know, you're exactly right. You know, Luke, we could probably talk all day about this stuff because, you know, our, our philosophies sound like they're very in line. And, you know, I want to talk to you, maybe, maybe we should do a online meetup and start something like that to where, 
every week or every month or something. We're, we're sharing some ideas and creating some abundance and creativity. So we'll talk about that off offline. Cool. But, you know, yeah. think about the go-giver. Is there another book like if, if that is just uh, that you recommend to people or if what's the first book that you would tell somebody that doesn't know anything about real estate or, or breaking away or whatever it is, what, what book do you tell them? Hey, go read this. Well, there, there was two books that I read in the beginning that were really important for me. And the first one was a book called The Millionaire Next Door. And yeah. the reason I like that book is because it's about living below your means. And I think that's really important when you're, when you're trying to break away. Living below your means is a really important thing because then you can put all the money that you are saving back into your business or any money that you're making back into your business. Now, as a teacher, I was not making very much money and I wasn't saving very much money because I wasn't making enough. But um, we were able to invest all the money that we were making in our business, in our real estate business, back into our business. And we did that year after year after year because, you know, my, basically my teaching salary paid our bills. And then any money that we made in the real estate investing business, we reinvested. And I think that's huge for if you're trying to build a business that does require some, um, some money, the fact that you live below your means is really important. And that book helped me to see that. But the second book is, and this, this one is, um, very cliche. A lot of people talk about this book, but Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I mean, that, that book, I read both those books right around the same time, right when I decided that I, I thought I could possibly um, quit my job in <laughs> seven years. And um, I like that book because Robert Kiyosaki talks about how, you know, one dad is educated and he works for his money all, every day. He's, he's highly educated, but he's not necessarily wealthy. And uh, the other dad, you know, didn't necessarily have a crazy education background, but he's been very, very, very successful. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that he's been able to leverage his time, his resources, and his money to make him more money. And, and I just, I thought that was the first time that I had realized that you don't have to go to college necessarily to be very, very successful and, and build a business. A lot of business people aren't necessarily the best at you know, school. Um, that's not a, not, not a blanket statement, but I was always under the impression growing up that you had to go to college. And honestly, when I was in college, I went to a great college, center college. The experience was awesome. I learned a ton. It wasn't necessarily about <laughs> business or about what I'm doing now, but I did that because I really thought it was necessary to be successful. And I think there's a lot of people out there that think, you know, you, you're brought up, you're, you're raised to want to go to a school and be a really good student and then you want to go get your job and do really good at your job and like that's just what you think life is but the reality is I think there's a lot more happiness out there for people that are entrepreneurs and 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 build their own wealth and and build their own life so that book is just I know a lot of people have probably read it but if you haven't that that one is is game-changing for me so. Or go back and reread it. That's one thing that I have learned at 54 is don't be afraid yeah. to go back and reread and reread and reread the same book over and over again, because you will pick up little things that you didn't pick up the last time you read it. And, you know, uh, something that's interesting about the two books that you mentioned. So Dr. Tom Stanley, who wrote uh, The Millionaire Next Door in the 80s, or I think it was in the 80s, he had two textbooks that he had published and he was a professor 
So this is interesting <laughs> that you like his, his, his book because, you know, you were an educator as well. And, right. and you're an educator now, right? It's not like because you don't have a classroom with a bunch of sixth graders or eighth graders running around. <laughs> you, you know, you're an educator, right? right. And, but he wrote these two textbooks that were, they were way more detailed than The Millionaire Next Door. And I have them still in my office at my home. And I will pull them out and look at some of the highlights that I had. I, I didn't take his class. I think it might have been the University of Georgia, but somewhere in that area. But I got the textbooks because somebody told me, hey, you got to read this. And, uh, you know, that was probably one of the biggest things that changed my life is when I was 18 years old, somebody said, you got to read an hour a day. And if you do that, you'll separate yourself from every other person. And, you know, and right. I've, I've tried to stay true to that. Sometimes I'm listening to the book. And then, and then Robert Kiyosaki, because it's, it's kind of like, Hey, you know what? We were, we were told a reassuring lie, get a job, go get a, I mean, first get an education, get a right. job, and then, you know, just stay in the herd. And, and he blows that up. And one of the things that I think is fascinating about that book, Luke, is that it was originally written as a manual on how to play his game cash flow. Right. And if you want to educate yourself, go play cash flow. I know it's an expensive game. I think it's like 80 bucks. It's the best <laughs> $80 that you're going to spend because just play it with anybody. Play it with your friends that are like-minded. Play it with somebody who's going to kick your butt in cash flow. It's okay. <laughs> it's all about get, learning, right? <laughs> that's right. My 11-year-old and my 21-year-old, by the way, this education thing, you're giving me hope because I have a 21-year-old theater major. So the fact that she's... <laughs> It reminds me of that, of that Geico commercial or that progressive commercial where they said, have you thought about what you're going to do to make a living? You know, like, yep. <laughs> so, uh, but my, my thing is, is that once she's educated and, and she learns about theater and she learns about the business of theater, that we're going to figure out how to make her an entrepreneur with, uh, with those skills. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, I think the message today is do something, take some action. And yeah, you're going to be afraid. Find, find a mentor, find a group of like-minded people and get going. And if you're in Louisville, is this an open, is this an open meetup group, Luke? Yeah, it absolutely is. Um, I encourage people that are brand new, even people that, even if you're not even interested in real estate investing, but in some way it, you know, it, you think it might be somewhat interesting. Just come, just, you know, talk to people. There's going to be full-time investors there. There's going to be people that are brand new. You know, we, we meet from 6.30 to 8.30. It's every last Wednesday of the month at the Manhattan Project on Frankfurt Avenue. Go all the way to the back. We have, they have a back event space there, and uh, we take up the whole back room. And uh, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. I think, like Jim said, I mean, the most important things, if, if, you're, if you're unhappy in your job or if you feel like there's, you want to build something for your family, start getting out there and networking with people that do interesting things that like building businesses and real estate is just one vehicle that you could take. Um, and the reason I chose real estate is because it seemed like the money that you put in and the returns that you could get and the wealth that you could build over time and the passive income, it, it seemed to make the most sense to me. Uh, and a lot of other things I looked into just seemed a little bit too not attainable, but, but real estate absolutely is, is not that difficult. It's actually a pretty simple business. It's just, getting into it is, is, is scary and it's difficult and it takes a long time to really build a, a, a decent sized real estate business. And a lot of people that become interested, they don't build the community that they would need to support them long enough to keep them interested in wanting to 
or, or, or keep them feeling like they could be successful over a longer period of time, a period of time long enough to actually build a successful business. So I, we see it all the time, people that come in and that they just don't stick it out long enough to be successful. So yeah, take action and uh, just don't give up. Yeah. I, you know, it's, that's the, that was my thought in my head that I was going to follow up with what you just said, Luke, was, <laughs> and don't give up. So think yep. about this. Now, I'm not a runner. If anybody's seen a picture of me would know that I'm not a runner, okay? But I used to be a runner a long time ago, but I won't go into that story. <laughs> but let's say that we wanted to run a marathon. And okay, go out. It's, you know, and I'm in South Dakota right now. So go out at when it's 30 or 30 below or whatever it is and run five miles today. The next week we'll run 5.5 miles and we're just going to do that. Well, that's tough by yourself. It's tough yeah. when you're out there in the wind and the cold and everything by yourself. But if there were 50 people that were in my position, either they were better runners or they were worse runners, but we're going to go all out and do it together. Well, then I'm getting up. I'm going in the cold. I mean, I'm going to get the right clothes. I'm going to do whatever I got to do. I'm going to be around other people. I'm going to have the days that I don't feel like doing it. I'm going to do it. So it's the same way. Yep. In real so I would encourage anybody in Louisville to get over to this meetup, even if you're just thinking about it, if you're just interested or, hey, maybe you just want to go have a beer with some cool people. So that's what I'm saying. <laughs> come out <laughs> or a bourbon. I know we're in, uh, you're in Kentucky. Okay, a bourbon. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, all yeah. right, Luke. Well, man, I can't thank you enough for coming on. Uh, you started my day off right because I'm fired up, ready to go take some action. So, thank you very much. Awesome, I, man. I really appreciate you having me on, Jim. It's it's been great talking, and uh, I just love this stuff. So, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. All right, guys. Until next time, I'm Jim Oliver, and thank you to our guest, Luke Newbauer. Take care, break away, stop being in the rat race. Want to become your own banker and build wealth on your own terms? We'd love to help. Go to createtailwind.com to learn more and schedule a complimentary consultation.